Come on. How we doing, guys? I see like Hannah and Nell got like a hair thing going on. Like it's quite cool. I mean, that might take off. I mean, me and you got a hair thing going on, but has it really taken off? That's all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll pray for that. Token South African, Abby. I don't, I don't know. There's a lot of us. I don't know if there's like a token South African. Maybe like a token ginger South African. I could, I could go with that. Uh, but yeah, congratulations to the Springboks. Uh, it was a great win. Yeah, give them a clap. Why not? You, you got to feel a bit rough for Great Britain though, eh? They had like four shots at it. It's kind of like when you enter like a competition with different email addresses or like Instagram accounts, like Scotland, Ireland, Wales, England, like we'll just, but they still couldn't come up with a cup. But anyways, <laughs> apologies if that's offensive. Uh, uh, let's pray. God, we just thank you uh, that you're here. We thank you for your presence, God. We, uh, we just pray, God, as we dive into this topic of prayer, God, that you would just stir something in our heart, God. Would you just stir a heart in us, God, to be in a relationship with you, God, to spend time with you, God, to, to discover, God, who you truly are, God. And I just pray that this would be not just information, but there would be an impartation, God, that something would shift in our spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeah. A, amen. Amen. Hey, today, so we're finishing off our series called Church 1.0. We've been journeying over the last four weeks, looking at, at the practices of, of the early church. What were the things that they, that they committed to? What were the things that they invested into that really saw the growth of the early church? And, and, and how does that impact us? And how do we kind of rediscover that in, in today's church? Uh, and so today we're looking at, at prayer. So and in Acts chapter two, it says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, uh, and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And so today we're going to dive into the whole topic of prayer, because uh, prayer was something that was, that was so essential to the early church, and uh, we think it's so important for us as Christians to, to be people of prayer. And now I know, I know what you're thinking. You're like, great, a message on prayer. I know. I know that I should be praying more. I know that prayer is something that's, and I know, I know. How do you think I feel? I got given a message to preach on prayer. I'm like, you know, uh, I, like how do I do that? Because I know that, that prayer is something that is so important. Prayer is something that is so pivotal. Prayer is something that is, is so powerful. Prayer is, is what connects the natural to the supernatural. Prayer is our, our lifeline to God. It's what connects us. And there's times in my life where, where prayer has been this foundational habit, where it's been pumping, where it's been, you know, powerful, consistent. And, I, and I've really found that, that I've come alive in prayer. And then there's been other times and other seasons of my life where, where prayer's been really hard, uh, where, where it's been kind of uh, felt maybe a bit stale, where, where it's felt maybe like heaven was a bit silent, uh, where my prayer life was maybe kind of barely existent in, in a structured form. Yes, obviously you pray daily and, and in different things, but, but prayer in terms of a structured sense was, was a little bit non-existent. And, and I don't know where, where you're at. I don't know where your journey is at with prayer. You know, maybe you're you're like, man, prayer is just like, a, like I just live for prayer, you know, that you're so just connected with heaven that, you, that if you say, you know, out of 10, your prayer would be like 10, you know, like a prayer life out of 10. Or, or maybe you kind of like, you're like an all falls down kind of prayer, you know, like when it all falls down and when it, everything's a mess, that's when you pray, that's when you go to God. 
um, or, or maybe it's like it's, it's everything, you know, for you. But no matter where you are on the kind of prayer spectrum, should we say, uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm praying that as tonight we kind of journey through uh, four kind of principles of prayer that you would be encouraged in your prayer life. Uh, that your prayer life would go from an ought to to a want to. Not like, oh yeah, I really should pray more. I really ought to pray more. Yeah, I know that my prayer life should be better. Rather than, man, I, I want to pray. Man, I, I want to get up that bit early. Man, I want to spend time with God. I want to engage. I want to hear from God today that it would be something that is so core to who you are. Is that good tonight? Because, man, I, I know prayer can be something that, that is a really hard discipline uh, to be consistent in. But we know it's so important for the early church. In, in, in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it says this. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Jesus saying to his disciples, hey, prayer is important. Man, this needs to be foundational. In 1 Thessalonians, again, 5, verse 16 to 18, rejoice always. Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. No matter what your state of prayer, I really believe that uh, prayer should, should be a first response rather than a last resort. All right? Pr- prayer should be our first response in everything rather than simply just a last resort. When it's all going wrong, we have no, we have no idea what to do. Like, I should probably pray. <laughs> like, maybe we should, we should start with prayer. And this evening, I want to give you four principles that I think are going to be like building blocks in your prayer life. Hopefully, these, these will actually be able to shape the way that you see prayer and understand prayer and be able to be something that you implement into your life. And the first is this, is the priority of, of prayer, the priority of prayer. I don't know if you've ever had one of those experiences where you sleep through your alarm clock. You know that time when you maybe hit the off button rather than the snooze button. Uh, or that time when you set your alarm for 6 p.m. rather than 6 a.m. Or maybe, you, 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 you know, you turn your alarm off, you're like, yeah, I'm going to get up, and you just shake, oh, for a few more minutes, and then that few minutes turns into a few hours. Especially in the situation where you have to catch a, a plane. You know that, that feeling when you, when you wake up and you look at that time and you get dressed, you shower, you, you shave, you eat breakfast, you, you, you do your hair, which I can cut that one out. Uh, you know, you do all that in the space of like 30 seconds. Yeah. That, that, there's that feeling that comes over you when you look at, your, you know, that feeling. Eh? Yeah. You can feel it right now in your stomach. And then, and then the rest of the day kind of looks a lot like that. You kind of feel like the whole day you're kind of like on edge. You know, you're feeling really tense. You know, you're just really snappy. You're kind of like you're almost paranoid. You know what I mean? Like you just, you, the way that you start your day is the way that your day continues. And, and I want to propose to you that prayer is kind of like that in a different way. When we start our day with prayer, it really determines the rest of our day. I really believe that when we start our day right, it, it can determine it and the rest of the day can be blessed as a result of the way that we start. When we start in prayer, it becomes the foundation for how the rest of the day will go. So how we prioritize our time is important. You see, uh, prayer becomes a priority when we value it, when we place value on it. Priorities are always determined by values and not by the amount of time we have. We all have the same amount of time, but when we choose to value certain things, we make time for them. You see, what is 
what we put first and what we value sets the precedent for the rest. It, it makes everything else fall into line. I really believe that we should be people who pray first. You know, when we're sick, let's pray first. When you've got a decision to make, let's pray first. When you hear those results, let's pray first. When you go into that test, let's pray first. When you have that interview, let's pray first. When you get offended, let's pray first. You know, when whatever situation we're in, let's be people who pray first. Let's bring God into every situation. Let prayer not be just an event, but let prayer be a lifestyle. Let, let prayer be a way that we live. Let, let it be just kind of flow easily out of our being in the way that we live. Let it not just be an event, but let it be a lifestyle. You know, prayer needs to be a priority in our life. I, I want you right now to, to think, about, think about the time that you wake up, tomorrow morning per se. Well, why don't you even right now pull out your phone, check out your alarm, see the time that you normally set your alarm. And all, all you need to do is simply just go 15 million, 15 million. <laughs> 15 million minutes. That's, that's, that's early. Goodness. I go 15 minutes earlier than that. Just simply 15 minutes earlier. Okay, it can make a massive impact on your day. Maybe like 15 minutes, like really? Like I can do a half an hour. Good, good on you. Do a half an hour. Do, do an hour if you want to, you know. But, you know, when we simply just take 15 million more minutes, you know, 15 more minutes in, in our day, and we start our day differently, man, it can make a massive impact on the rest of your day. When you just simply take the first part of your day just to give it to God, just to invite Him in, just to invite Him to come have your way, just to invite Him to lead you, invite Him to speak to you, and, uh, you know, take those anxieties, those fears, those, those worries, and just bring them to God from the start of the day and, and let Him lead your day. It makes a massive difference. The second point tonight is this. The second um, thing is the, the place of prayer. The place of prayer. The Bible teaches us that Jesus had places he would go and pray. From Gethsemane to the wilderness to mountains. In Mark 1 verse 35, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He made it a priority, but not only that, he had a place. I think, I think having a place makes a habit a lot easier to maintain. Having a place makes a habit a lot easier to maintain. You know, uh, if you're new to church or maybe you're old to church, you may have heard that like the term like a prayer closet. And you're like, that's kind of weird. You know, like why are you hanging out by the coats, you know, praying? Um, you know, sometimes it is literally a prayer closet, which is cool. And sometimes it's not. But the heart of it is, is, is a prayer closet is the, is the place that you got to meet with God. Is the, is the place that you sit aside and it may be an office, it may be a couch, it may be a chair, it may be just a pillow, it might be just a spot in your bedroom, whatever it is. Uh, having a place that is regular, a place that you meet with God makes that habit way easier to maintain. Maybe you have a place and you just haven't used it for a while. Or, or maybe you've, you haven't got a place. I, I wanna encourage you to, to find a place. Uh, you know, it can, it can be simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. And, and yeah, we can meet with God every, anywhere and everywhere. Yes, that's true. I mean, I've had times where I'm just driving in my car, listening to worship music, crying, embarrassing. But, you know, uh, like we can meet with God anywhere, but actually having a specific place yeah. is going to make your habit way easier to maintain uh, and way more consistent. So I encourage you, write in your notes there. Uh, it says, my place of prayer will be. Maybe you've already got a place. You can just write that down or maybe you, right now God is revealing to your place or highlighting to your place that you can create or you can make. That's gonna be your place of prayer where you can make that habit easier to maintain. So I wanna encourage you to pop that down in your notes.
Number three, the plan of prayer. The plan of prayer. I don't know if anybody's ever um, had like a situation where you had to put together some sort of flat pack furniture. Maybe from your like favorite brand like Ikea or something like that. Uh, flat pack furniture is an interesting thing because I mean like how, how really hard can it be, you know? You look at the picture on the box, real simple, two drawers, one drawer, you know, like really, uh, you know, you, you open the box, there's, you know, there's some packaging, which is really unnecessary. There's a whole bunch of plastic. There's some kind of random paper flyer thingy that they put in there all the time and you just chuck that away. And so you start putting this thing together, right? Till you get to the last couple of bits and they don't quite fit. You're like, I mean, how simple, I mean, the tools are pretty useless. You get rid of those. You know, if you've got some cool tools that'll, that'll help. But you get to the end and it doesn't really work. And so then what happens is you, you pull that little white leaflet out and you realize that on step two, you put the thing in the wrong way around. You know what I mean? And so you have to break down the whole thing. And these things are really not designed to be broken down, right? They're designed to go up once and don't touch them. You know, like just pray they'll stay together. Um, but you know what? What I've learned as, as I've got slightly older uh, is that when you start with those instructions, it actually makes it way easier. Yeah. You know, like if you just follow step by step and you put that sucker together, it's going to be like, I mean, nine towns out of nine, it's going to work every time, you know. Uh, but having a plan actually really helps. Actually following the instructions really helps. And uh, as you came in tonight, you would have uh, got a little handout uh, with the seven-day reading plan, and this is something that Pastor C's put together. It actually follows his kind of rhythm of the things that he prays for, uh, and I want to encourage you to, to start using that, and I'm really excited to see the, the, what it's going to do in our, in our lives, and not only in our personal lives, but in the life of our church as we kind of really take time to invest into our relationship with God, as we take time to seek Him, as we take time to pray first to see what God will do. And uh, what, I've, what I've found in, in my personal prayer life is that there's a few practical things in terms of having a plan that really help with my time with God. And I want to share a few of those things with you. Number one is, is having a Bible. Taking a Bible into your prayer time is really helpful. Um, but more than that, taking a paper Bible. You know why? Because I find that if I take a device, I can easily get distracted. Yeah. Uh, I, can, I can easily get sidetracked and, you know, like looking at notifications and things like that. And so if I do take a device, I put it on airplane mode. Really simple. Put your device on airplane mode if you're going to go into your devotional time with that. Number two is having a pen and a notebook and a journal. You know, often God will speak to me about things, and so you're writing those things down, or maybe you just start to journal, and that's kind of the way that you can connect with God, like writing letters to God or something like that. But the other thing that happens to me is, maybe I'm slightly ADD, I'm not really sure, but when I'm in my prayer time, I have all these other random thoughts, you know, like about, you know, things I have to do or things I forgot to do or, you know, blah, blah. And so I also have just a, a little piece of paper or a notepad and I just write those things down. Because if they come to my head and I can just write them down, then I can forget about them and I can really focus on what God's trying to say to me. So just having some paper and a pen just to write things down, actually a really simple thing, but actually can be really significant. Number three, I don't know where I'm at, uh, is, is having like a reading plan or a devotional. Uh, is and just having something that's structured when you come into your time and you're like, cool, I'm just going to get into my reading plan. Um, and, and you might not use it every time. You might only use these things 70% of the time, but actually having a plan, I find, always works better. Having some worship music to really set the atmosphere uh, is something that really shifts my prayer time. 
And again, I find devices really distracting. So what I try and do is I try and like put it out of reach. Maybe I'll turn it on and turn the music on and I'll put it out of the way. Or, or if you have like music that's not on a device, I don't quite know how that works. But doing something like that can actually be really, these are, I know that you're like, you're like these are really simple things, but these really simple things actually can make a massive impact in, in, in your devotional time. And I want to encourage you, 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 you might have times you come into your prayer time and you've got just this burning thing on your heart and you just pray and you just, and, and that's your whole prayer time. Or sometimes you come in and you just put the worship music on and you just get lost in worship, spending time with God. You, you don't always have to use your plan, but actually having a plan makes a massive difference. You don't have to use it every time because again, we don't want to make it just the structured thing that we just come and tick the box. We want to just use these things to help us to connect with God, which brings me to my fourth point, because it's really easy to get lost in this time thinking that it's just about uh, fulfilling a task. It's just about reading the Word. It's just about praying. It's just about ticking that little box on your Uversion app. Oh, it's really satisfying, though, way eh, when you just, especially when you finish that reading plan. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but it's really easy to get lost in that. It's really easy, and the bank can join me. It's really easy to get lost in forgetting why we do it. It's really easy to forget that actually all of this is about having a relationship with God. It's really easy to forget that all of this is simply, the focus of it is to connect with God, is to have a relationship with Him. You see, each of the persons of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, help us to relate to God in a different way. Help us to see a different aspect of Him. Help us to to get a picture and an understanding of who God actually is. And I love it, um, what Paul says, in, in Corinthians, this is this, in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. He says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. You see, your view of God determines the way that you approach God. Your understanding of God determines the way that you see Him and often even the way that we see ourselves. And so it's really important that we are able to see God for who He really is. It's really important that our picture of God is correct. And I wanna unpack these three different things that Paul says just really briefly with you. The first thing he says is he, he says the amazing grace of Jesus. He describes Jesus by His grace, by His amazing grace. You see, first of all, we need to understand who Jesus is. We need to understand who Jesus is. Hebrews describes Him as our great high priest. You see, the priest, the high priest was the person who, who went before God and, and, and the temple and, and asked forgiveness of the people's sins, who made sacrifices. He's the one who kind of joined or connected man and God. And so that's who Jesus is. And it says that we don't have a, a great high priest who is unable to sympathise with our weaknesses. It says no, that, that he can actually, he sympathises with our weaknesses. Why? Because he was a man. He was tempted in every way, yet did not sin. And, and so he can understand what we're going through. The Bible says that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. You see, Jesus is carrying our prayers to the Father. He, he's there pleading on behalf of us. He's the one that, that is the mediator. He's the one that's connecting us. He's the one that, that is making us, making a way for us to have a relationship with Jesus, with, with the Father. It's only through the blood of Jesus, His sacrifice, that makes it possible for us to have a relation with the Father through His amazing grace. He has been there. And so He knows. He knows your struggles. He knows your weaknesses. 
He understands and the Bible says that He sympathises with us. That's why He died for us. That's why He gave His life for us, that we can be reconnected with God. And secondly, it's, uh, Paul describes the Father by His extravagant love, the extravagant love of the Father. In Psalm 103, verses 8 to 13, describes this so beautifully. It says this, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For His unfailing love toward those who fear Him is great as the height of the heavens above the earth. Is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to His children, tender and compassionate to those who fear Him. This is the Father that you're approaching. Your picture of Father may be shaped and stewed by your worldly Father, but this is who God the Father is. He, he loves you. He, he delights in you. He, he cherishes you. He celebrates you. And He wants to give you good things. Church, this is who our Heavenly Father is. And lastly, He describes the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit. You see, once the prayer meeting is over, the Holy Spirit is the one who goes with us. The Holy Spirit, the Bible describes, or, or the Greek word for the Holy Spirit is, is parakletos, which means the one who comes alongside. It's most often translated as the comforter. He's the one who comforts us. He's the one who, who leads us, who guides us, who is the power, who is the one who, who works inside of us to be able to live the life that God has called us to. He's the one who empowers us, who, who goes with us, who never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's like the one who says, okay, come on, let's, uh, after the prayer meeting, He's the one who's like, come on, let's go live life. Come on, let's go do it. Come on, let's go fulfill what God has called you to do. The Holy Spirit is the one who lives inside you and empowers you. Church, that's the God who you're praying to. That's the God who you have the privilege to meet with in prayer. That's the God that you have the privilege to spend time with. This is the God that the early church devoted themselves to. They, de they devoted themselves to prayer. Just recently, uh, I, or earlier this year, I had the chance to, to go to Japan and it was a, like a generous gift from a bunch of friends and family. And uh, some of you guys may know that I'm a little bit passionate about New Balance, the brand that makes sneakers, among other things. Uh, and I thought, you know, why not? You know, I'll see if I can go visit their headquarters. Like in Japan, it's a pretty big deal. Uh, and so I, I went on Instagram, as you do, and, and I, I DM'd some, someone at New Balance in Japan. And to my surprise, he DM'd back. And he was like, yeah, you know, you can, you can come visit. So we set up a time. He's kind of asking some questions like, why, you want to, why, why do you want to come kind of things? Like, no, I don't know. Uh, and, and I kind of Googled him after I DM'd him for a little bit. And I realized that he was actually a really big deal um, and like quite high up in New Balance, like in the like global scheme of things. And so then I was really nervous. I was like, oh, okay, I've got to meet with this guy. Like, what am I going to say? What if I say something dumb? Like, it might, might be awkward. And I ended up going to the offices and, and to my amazement, he, he welcomed me like 
so amazingly, he he kind of he got ready for my coming, and, and he'd like he he brought out all these um, things from the New Balance archive, both in Japan and his personal collection. He was like, uh, when we sat down, he was asking me questions about myself and about like why I was into New Balance, and and he began to show me all these cool things, and like was really excited to like show me all these things, and I got to see like an original pair of my favorite shoe from 1985, so it was like 34 years old, and. And the thing that, that, that blew me away is that I was kind of nervous to meet him, but he like went out of his way to welcome me, to show me hospitality, to show me all these things. And it made me think of our relation with God. Because sometimes we, we may come into a relation with God or come into prayer and we, we, we may, be, may be worried to, to pray. We may be worried to spend time with God, but what we discover as we come into our prayer closet, as we come into relation with Him, that actually God wants to know us so much more. That actually God is like there welcoming us, hosting us, uh, spending time with us. That actually God wants to commune and conversate with you way more than you want to conversate with Him. He wants to, he wants to spend time with you way more than, 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 than you want to spend time with Him. And I want to encourage you, if you've never experienced that, if you've never experienced coming to God's presence, then come on, set some time. Make it a priority. Get into God's presence and spend time with Him because church, the Father wants to, wants to pour His love out onto you. He wants to show Himself to you. Jesus wants to give you grace upon grace upon grace where you feel like you're coming in broken, messed up, full of sin. Jesus wants to show you His grace, His love for you, His acceptance of you. Come on, let's pray. God, I just thank You, God, that Your presence is here. I thank You that right now there are some people that are experiencing your love for the first time. As Father God, I started describing you, they began to feel your love for the first time. I thank you, Jesus, that your grace is sufficient for us, that in our weakness, God, your power is made perfect. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the one who comes alongside us, that those who are feeling alone right now are knowing that you're there. That those who are mourning or those that are going through a hard time, God, are right now being comforted. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're moving right now in this place. God, would you help us to be people of prayer? God, would you help us to make prayer a priority? Would you help us to put prayer in first place? That no matter what we go through, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, God, we choose to pray first. God, make us people of prayer. God, move us to prayer, Lord. And right now, I wanna, I wanna pray one more prayer. Maybe you're here and maybe you, you, you've never had a relation with God. You've never invited Him into your life or maybe you, you once did, maybe you once walked with Him, but for whatever reason, you would say now that you're far from God. And the Bible says that we're all in the same boat. All of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. And the Bible says that the, the, the wages, the, the payment for that sin is death. But the good news is that Jesus came, that He lived a, a sinless life, but He died on a criminal's, on a death. He died on a cross as a criminal would to be the sacrifice for our sins. And the good news is if we, if we welcome Him in, if we uh, confess Him as Lord and turn from the way we're living, the Bible says that we, we become new creations. We're given a new life and we can have a relation with God. And so if, 
you are here tonight and you're saying, yeah, Adrian, I'm far from God. I want to have a relation with God. I'm going to pray a real simple prayer. And what I want you to do is pray in your heart right along after me. I'm going to say some simple words. And if that's you saying, yeah, Adrian, I want to, I want to get my life right with God, then I want to encourage you to pray these words along with me in your heart. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you that even though I'm a sinner, that you died for me. I recognize that you died and rose again. I ask that you come into my life. Would you forgive me of my sin? Would, me make, would, you, would you make me new? Today I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. And if that's you, while every head is still bowed and eye is still closed, I want, to, I want to encourage you to take one more little step of faith. If you pray that prayer, I, want to, I just want to acknowledge you. I want to know who I'm praying for. And I'm going to ask you, I'm going to count to three. And, and when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to, to just pop your hand up right where you are, as high as you can. And I'll see your hand and acknowledge it. And you can put it right back down. And then I'd love to pray a prayer for you at the end. So I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, pop your hand up. Three, two, one. Hands going up. You're saying, yeah, Adrian, I want to follow Jesus. I'm choosing today to follow Him. That's you just pop your hand up right where you are and I'll see the hand and you can put that back down. Anybody else saying here yeah, tonight, I want to follow Jesus. Awesome, God, I just thank you for every single person tonight, the God that, have, that has chosen God to follow you. God, I pray your blessing on them. God, I pray your hand on them. God, would you lead them when you guide them. God, would you help them to discover this gift of prayer. God, would you... Would you come alongside them, Holy Spirit? Would you empower them to live the life that you called us to, God? I pray you're blessing your hand and your favour on them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we celebrate those people tonight? Well, I just want to encourage you, if you made that decision tonight, that is an incredible decision and all of heaven is celebrating with you along with us. And we're so excited for this new journey that you're going to take. But I just want to let you know, on your seat, you might have um, seen a Connect card or maybe it's on the floor by now. If you just pick that up, um, you'll see that there's some tick boxes there where you can actually tick if you've made that decision tonight. In the first two boxes there, you can make um, a note of that there. But we just want to be able to help you on your journey. If that's a decision that you've made tonight, we're not going to turn up at your house or anything weird like that. We just want to get in contact with you in the best way that you would like us to do that. So if you just note that down on there, we'd love to be able to help you on this new journey that you've decided to um, start on tonight. So you can do that there. Also, if you want to do any of um, the other things like join a small group, join the Dream Team, join Growth Track. I just want to touch on that note this evening. Um, Growth Track started this morning and this afternoon, 10 and 4. And we want to let you know you haven't missed out. You can still join the Growth Track next week. It's an awesome opportunity to be able to discover who God's created you to be, the way that He's made you and wired you. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't done the Growth Track, why don't you head along next week? You can just show up 10 a.m. or 4 p.m. Over in our galaxy room. We'd love to see you there. There's Krispy Kreme donuts and coffees. So, I mean, that's just a good enough reason to show off in itself. Amen. <laughs> Fantastic. We also just want to remind you we've got the International Food Festival next sun- Saturday and International Sunday on Sunday in the morning services. So, we'd love to see you out at that. Invite someone along. We'd love to meet all your friends and your family and your neighbours. But also, we want to take the opportunity to. 
um, make some money for Christmas in a box further than what we're doing with the international stores. We want to do some baking. So just in the foyer, as, as you leave, there's some boxes there. You can grab one of those. And if you're a keen baker, you can whip something up this week and bring it to the um, gym on Saturday morning before 9.30 and hand that in and we'll be able to sell those off throughout the morning. And one, you grab a cake. I grabbed one last year, a lemon cake. It went down a treat that afternoon. So come on, make sure you come out. Let's support Christmas Box. It's a fantastic initiative to bless our community. Well, as we come around the time of giving this evening, I just want to encourage you. I mean, just hearing Paxine and Ethan's story about Alpha, you know, it's because of your faithful giving church that we can put on something like Alpha for free for people to find freedom and breakthrough in their lives. And, you know, it's not just their lives because I've seen Paxine, she serves in our uh, Power Sparks program multiple times a month now. And, you know, my daughter comes out from there and she goes, Mom, I had so much fun with Paxine and this is what she taught me. So you haven't just impacted Paxine's life through supporting Alpha but actually you're imparting into the next generation that she's sowing into. And so what better place to sow into than the house of God, amen. You're not just changing one life but you're actually changing the lives of everyone that they impact as well. So come on, let's pray this evening as we give. God, I thank you that you're in this place. God, I thank you for every single person that gives week in and week out, Father God. God, I pray that You bless their households. God, would You bless the money that is given today that we can reach and serve our community so much better because of this church's faithful giving. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. Well, as the buckets go round, I wanna encourage you, let's stand to our feet. We've had an incredible evening. Let's sing a song of celebration and then I wanna pray for you before you leave this evening. Yes to the one who made the morning bright Yes to the one who took the stars to shine Yes to the one who graced the dead of night Hold me from the dark, set my heart alive Yes to the one who made my heart to sing Open up my eyes, wash away my sin Here's to the one who gave his love for mine Broke all my chains and set me free, alright To the world
but God, they represent the world around them. And God, I pray this week that we would be people that go out and influence our lives for Jesus. God, I thank You for all our kids and our kids' programs. God, where they go and infiltrate their schools this week and bring hope and kindness to their friends, Father. God, I pray for Your blessing upon each and every person here this evening. In Jesus' Name we pray, Amen. We'll see you at International. We'll see you at the International Festival on Saturday. Have a great week. I've been designing 